Ni hao, wo jiao Sandrine. Hola, me llamo Krista. Welcome to Step Into Mondays, the show where we bridge the theory to the practice for language teachers. So I was actually looking for some reason at Apple Podcasts recently and was very pleased to see we have six whole reviews and <laughs> five whole stars. So to those of you who went and did it, thank you. Yes. <laughs> we only have a couple of, um, of actual comments you know how you can actually mm -hmm. make um, a comment with that. We only have a couple in there. They're good. But I saw that and I was like, oh, we have six reviews. Woohoo. So keep that up. If you listen to us on Apple Podcasts, subscribe and then hit those five stars. There you go. That'd be great. We want all the language teachers in the US and around the world. We set our standards or our sight very high. <laughs> Yes, we do. Uh, why not? You've got to uh, shoot for the stars so you can hit the moon. Exactly. Exactly. I mean, we've got a lot of countries where we are listened to. I mean, U.S. is primarily, but yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So that's fun. So, yeah. All right. So another day, another recording. Yes. So, you know, we've started our um, our new segment about small victories that we just want to celebrate uh, the little things that we accomplish. Sometimes we feel like, man, I have not accomplished anything today, but you probably accomplished more than you thought. So um, I know you said you were thinking about yours and so I'm going to share mine and I hope that some of you can relate and, you know, don't be too judgy. All right. <laughs> but my, honestly, my small victory today is that I folded two loads of laundry. Woohoo! And, and if you know huge. me, you know how much I absolutely hate laundry. I mean, it is the bane of my existence because it's never done. I mean, you can never cross laundry off your list. It's okay. always there. And my mother, you know, my mother and my grandmother, they were, I mean, I call them, they're the laundry queens. And I joke that the laundry gene skipped me. Okay. Because I mean, when, when we would go to my grandmother's, when we were first married, Rick would be like, I swear, where, where are my clothes that were on the floor last night? Oh, I said, they're probably in the dryer right now because my grandmother just grabs up everything and washes it overnight. And you're like, how did you get that done? you know, whereas me, Emma's like, mom, do I have any clean masks? I'm like, yeah, somewhere. Let me see. You know, cause they're like, have gone the way of the socks where you just put them all in a basket and hunt for them. Right. Mm -hmm. So, um, yeah, so that was my small victory. I mean, I'm impressed with myself. I folded and put them away. I mean, that's like two small victories. Okay. That is two very big victories because yeah, that's my thing. I might fold it, but then put it away. <laughs> 
forget that. I, well, see, and I'll wash it. And then there's all these clothes just sitting in these laundry baskets. And we just rifle through them in the morning. Oh, here's something clean. I mean, it's terrible because I hate to put, I mean, to hold and put laundry away. It's the worst. You know, I was so bad at it that one day my husband went, I am tired of not having shirts that are washed or that are ready to go. So he took over laundry. <laughs> oh, wow. Isn't that nice? And I felt guilty about it for the longest. And now I'm like, eh, I do plenty. <laughs> I know, right? But then he folds it. And since we're here in the new house, what he does is that, of course, he doesn't know where to put it because he's not putting it away, right? So he'll put it on top of the dresser for me to put away. And sometimes I'll take a whole week before I put it up. I know, and I'm like, right? this is That's... shameful. I know, I know. I, I hear you. Well, but I'll tell you, see, the reason I don't want my husband messing with the laundry, we got into a huge fight about it when we were first married because, you know, he just puts everything in the washer. Mm -hmm. He doesn't realize that there are certain things that need to be on the gentle cycle and certain right. things that can't be dried. And then there are certain things that need to go to the cleaners. And, you know, I mean, he ruined so many of my clothes <laughs> that I finally just said, don't touch the laundry. And so he has taken me at my word for 25 years and he doesn't touch the laundry. I mean, good reasons. Yeah. yeah. I had to put my foot down and tell him, say, stop putting my clothes in the dryer. They shrink. You know, exactly. Because, and he was like, but it said gentle cycle. I'm like, I don't care. Some things I have that I bought at Target because they were cute. And I'm like, I don't care if those clothes say dryer. Okay. After three times, it will have shrunk. Yeah, that's absolutely. And it's true. not me gaining weight. It's it actually having shrunk. <laughs> there you go. That's true. <laughs> so, right. yeah. Yeah. So there's my small victory, guys. So you see, when we say small victories, we mean small victories. So what about you? You know, it's kind of funny because we had that conversation, right? And you said, okay, do you have your small victory? Do you have your aha moment? And I said, I'm working on the small victory. And then we started the show and you went into that. And I was like, oh yeah, I forgot about the <laughs> small victory. So who, I don't know. I thought I was doing better, but probably not. Um, I would say my small victory is, you know, I was making to-do lists and those to-do lists were never ending lists and kept growing and growing. And I would look at them and go like, I don't know where to start. So I actually got an, um, a little book on Amazon that is just to-do list. It is a spiral bound book mm -hmm. and um, you can put the date on there. It has the day of the week and you write the date and it has other things. So I have started using that to keep me on track from day to day to day. And I think it's a small victory because I'm not as overwhelmed mm, when I start my day good. with everything I have to accomplish. Cause then I don't feel like, you know, when, five or 5 30 or six o'clock hits and I'm like okay I'm calling it a day I don't feel like oh I'm a quitter because I still have so much on my to-do list yeah I can stop and I can be like you know I had five things and I got four and a half done there you go but I'm at a good place that can carry over tomorrow yeah very true very true so you know, it helps. It also helps me visualize my day when I get started. Mm -hmm. So that is pretty nice. That is pretty, pretty nice. Yep. All right. 
so. So if you guys have small victories, you know, hit us up on Twitter at Into Mondays and tell us what your small victory for the day is, because we really want to encourage people to look at the positive and look at, you know, we know you've accomplished something today. We know you have. You know, I am so proud of you. I have converted you to the positive thought. (laughs) (laughs) Well, not always, but yeah. Not always, but, you know, looking at the positive of the day, like focusing on that aspect of the, I got this done. It was good. You know, it was a rotten day, but there was that little ray of sunshine kind of there. Exactly. Exactly. So, yeah, that is good. Well, and speaking about the positives, I mean, that's kind of what we're talking about today for our classrooms, right? We want to create a positive classroom environment. So we're kind of talking about building, you know, community in our classroom and a place where everyone feels welcome, everyone feels, you know, accepted that it's a safe place to be you. I mean, that's what we want for our classes. Um, and so I, I really am excited about this topic. I think it's I think it's very important and I think it really does affect um, language learning. Uh, and, and, you know, uh, I've shared with our listeners before, I mean, I speak Spanish so much better than I speak French. And a lot of it goes back to the affective environment of the classroom and the sense of community or the lack of community in the classroom, I think. So community has been kind of a buzzword. It feels like we've been hearing it a lot more since this summer, this Mm -hmm. fall. Mm -hmm. How would you define community? Oh, well, I think there's a lot of different, uh, different ways to define it, define it, define it. Oh, I can't speak today. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Try it in Spanish. I know, right? But I think, I think honestly, it's, it's a group of people who come together for, you know, a specific purpose just to share each other's lives. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would say a cohesive group that mm-hmm. goes along with, you know, where you belong. Mm-hmm. You feel like you are one of the, of the group, one of the, not necessarily the clique, because clique has a negative right annotation to it they're very exclusive but yeah exactly so yeah exactly click is exclusive i think a community is inclusive Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah and everybody finds their place and their different role and whatever so and and it's interesting to think because that kind of goes back to some of the my dissertation um talking about christeva where she doesn't fully talk about community but she talks about belonging Mm-hmm. And how, as human beings, we want to be part of a group, and we right. have multiple groups, mm-hmm. right? And if not, then we are the stranger, we're l'étranger. So that's that. So with all of that buzzword going around, so everybody's talking about it. We gotta have community in our classrooms. We have to build community, and that was the worry. Why? Right? oh, we're going to be online, we're going to be remote, we're going to be asynchronous or whatever. How will I ever build community? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So why, why do you think people were so worried about that community well, I, aspect? Well, because, well, I think they're worried about it because of, you know, the, it, it's, it, let's face it, it's harder when you're not 
face to face with someone, when you're not in the same room with someone, you don't have to engage. Mm -hmm. um, if you're on Zoom with 20 other people, you can just sit there. Um, it was interesting in my methods class last night, there are a couple of students who, you know, they don't mind sharing and talking. And then you have an, some others who didn't hardly say a word unless I said, oh, don't you want to contribute? What about you? You know, and I would have to specifically call them out. So it's a lot easier to be isolated and to be anonymous. Uh, we still have we have those students when we're in a classroom. I mean, I've always had the ones where you're like, you really have to pull. It's like pulling teeth to get them to contribute anything. Yeah, but I think you're more aware of it when you're in the classroom and you can put them with someone and, you know, just your presence there with them and they know, oh, she's watching over here. She knows I'm not talking. She knows I'm not doing anything. Whereas online, you're in breakout rooms, you don't know what they're doing when you're in a different room. Mm -hmm. And so they may not, you know, be, I mean, I'll, it's funny when I pop into a room and there's like utter silence, I'm like, are you guys done? And they're like, um, no, we're just getting started. Oh, okay. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. There's a different silence, right? When you go through and you can tell they're thinking mm -hmm. and it's like, and you just happen to, to fall into a, a lull. Or like with my literature class, I might tell them, okay, in the text, find evidence of this, right? And right. so I come to the room and I have that lull, but then you can see the eyes that are moving and they're like, well, uh, you know, you, you have a little bit of those versus the one where they're like, I'm just not going to talk. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So I, I think, yeah. And, and, you know, you can't, well, and then too, I mean, I don't know about everybody else, but I mean, I, the first week of class, we do the full on introductions, the way they do it in, you know, France and Spain, and they're shaking hands with each other. They're doing the kisses, you know, mm -hmm. they're, so they have to, you know, communicate and get, get with people. Whereas now you don't really necessarily have to. So I think, I mean, it, 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 it is harder, but it can be done. I think that it, you know, it can be done. It's just a lot harder. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I think sometimes, you know, some teachers kind of discount the importance of building community. They're like, well, this is my classroom. I've got to jump right into language. Well, I was going to ask, why are we putting so much importance on that community aspect? Because there's plenty of things that we do where we're not necessarily a community, right? Mm -hmm, it's mm -hmm. just kind of there and whatnot. But it seems like in classrooms, we tend to worry more about it. So, well, I think in a classroom, I mean, especially in a language classroom, when you're wanting them to use a new language to communicate and you know that there are going to be mistakes, right? I mean, you're kind of making yourself vulnerable, mm -hmm. right? And we know that our kids are so afraid of making a mistake. They're yeah. so afraid of being wrong and being embarrassed. And so you've got to make sure that your classroom is an open environment that embraces risk taking. It embraces, um, you know, differences and uh, mistakes and all of that with, without judgment. Because a lot of times in classes, I mean, you feel judged. 
-hmm. if you miss, if you miss something, I mean, that, you know, I would always, I I was talking to Emma and she's like, you know, mom, sometimes I get really frustrated with myself because the teacher will ask a question. I know the answer, but I just, you know, I won't speak up because I'm afraid I, I, I don't have it right. And then somebody else will answer it. And I'm like, see, I knew that answer. Why didn't I just go for it? Yeah. You know, and, and I think that's the, the way, and I think some of it is maybe she doesn't feel like it's okay to make a mistake in the classroom. Well, I think part of it there, uh, (laughs) it's like, how am I putting that tactfully or maybe not, but, um, (laughs) tact, who needs tact? Tact. Yeah. Um, and when I say, when I talk about classroom, when I talk about K through 12, I realized that when I was editing the episode that came out this week, and it's like, I don't necessarily speak about language classes. I think language classes are much more advanced, much more forward thinking in those terms. But I'm talking about math, English, science, history, those core classes that our kids all have to take, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and I think in those classes, the being correct versus taking a risk mm-hmm. is what is wanted. Right. Like, I know we talked about homework, you know, do we give homework? Do we not? That's not the debate. But so many math teachers or any others, they'll give homework and it's like, is it correct? Then you get mm-hmm. the points. You made a mistake. It's not. Mm-hmm. Homework is practice. Why does it have to be right? Right. Because it's for the kid to show, hey, I understood that and I can reapply it. Mm-hmm. Now, maybe I'm struggling with numbers or completely missed a decimal somewhere. And so I completely screwed up the answer. But the whole process of it was right. Mm-hmm. Right. So if you want the correct result, why ask to show the work? That's true. Yeah. Take the score and go with it because you're yeah. never, they're never looking at the, at the work that has been done to go, oh, here is where you worked wrong, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. So then the, the, the kids learn that being correct is what needs to happen. So in our classes, they're coming through and they're speaking languages and they're like, oh my gosh, if I make a mistake, I'm going to be so embarrassed. Right, exactly. And people are going to laugh at me and I don't know why, but... You know, I kind of remember that, you know, being a kid, like uh, if I say something stupid, people are going to laugh at me maybe. Yeah. So I could see that as a reaction Mm -hmm. uh, and being judged. Definitely. Definitely. Well, and so that's one thing, you know, when we're building community, I mean, you can type into Google building community and there's all sorts of ideas and different things out there for how to, um, you know, to help build community. But when you are thinking about it, you know, you need to think about really it's the affective environment and the attitudes of the students, their motivation and their anxiety. Mm-hmm. And, you know, attitude really does have um, more to do with it than, than people realize. Um, you know, there's been some research out there that your attitude is actually more important, a more important factor in determining success than your aptitude. 
So your intelligence is not as important as your attitude mm -hmm. um, in a lot of ways. And I, you know, I think that I've lived that because, I mean, I'm an intelligent person, but I've never done well in math. Um, and part of that is my attitude. I had a really poor teacher mm -hmm. um, in eighth grade math. And, um, you know, since then I've just hated math. Yeah. And, and so that attitude um, really affected it. So, you know, we've got to look at our student attitude because they, and because they develop, you know, um, through experiences, right? And they, they carried were, over. Yes. So they step in a language classroom with the attitude of their parents. Yes. A lot the of language. times they do. Absolutely. Their grandparents, their community at large, their environment mm -hmm. with that. Um, I know when, you know, when our kids were in elementary school and you did it the year before I did where you taught Spanish to the whole school mm -hmm. and I did the same with French. Well, I know there was a specific fourth grade class. The teacher was extremely annoyed because she had to adjust her schedule right. so that I could have 30 minutes a week. Yeah, I know. A week with her students. Right. And it was so obvious when I walked in that classroom versus mm -hmm. others, because in others, I would walk in and the teachers were embracing it. And the kids right. were like, oh, Madame Hope, you're here. Yeah. What are we doing today? I would walk in that classroom and it was crickets. Yeah. And I had to pull teeth mm -hmm. to get anything out of them. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. It, Definitely. No. Definitely. So, yeah. So you've got to think about those kinds of things um, and consider and, you know, and consider those. And, you know, sometimes you may actually just need to address the elephant in the room about, you know, okay, guys, well, there's been a lot of negative attitudes and net negative stereotypes, this, that, and the other. You may just need to address that from the get go. You know, yeah. it just really depends. Um, but one thing two that you can do in terms of improving attitude is when you're talking about a, the target language or the target culture, focus on similarities. Mm -hmm. Because research has shown us that um, we automatically look at differences. True. So when you say compare these things, the first thing you're going to see is, well, this is different from this. So don't frame it that way. Frame it, your question as, what are the similarities here? What similarities do you see? And focus on that first. And when you focus on how we're all alike, the students are gonna have a more positive attitude. Mm -hmm. Very and um, so, you know, you've got that. You've also got the whole um, idea of, you know, self-esteem, self-confidence. And some students are gonna have it and some students aren't. And so you're gonna, you may have to be the, the cheerleader, you know, for them. Uh, but honestly, that kind of goes to sometimes too, I think their motivation for taking the language, right? Um, and it's always interesting, you and I've talked about this before, you know, um, like UAB does not have a language requirement for their core curriculum. So mm -hmm. all of our students are in the class because they want to be, right? For one reason or another. Whereas in other universities that I've, you know, talked with and worked with, I'm like, I don't know how you guys still have enrollment. And then they talk about the language requirement. I'm like, oh, so these kids are in that class because they quote, have to be. 
mm-hmm. right? And so that, you know, that goes to their motivation because you've got that instrumental motivation, which is a practical reason. I have to be in here because it's required or um, we do have a lot um, of students at UAB who take our classes because it's going to help me in my career, mm-hmm. right? And then you've got those that have the integrative motivation, right, that are there because they love the language, they love the culture, they, they want to learn it for personal reasons. And of course, you know, the ones who are there with the integrative motivation, I mean, that's a better indicator of proficiency and how well they're going to develop their proficiency rather than these practical, I want it for my career or I'm here because I have to be kind of thing, which is kind of obvious. So you really need to um, show them how fun the language can be and how the language can open the the broader world to them to hopefully kind of shift their motivation to I want to learn this because it's super fun and it's super cool so that goes toward attitude but an attitude will also help the community but how can we as teachers build a community yes well some specific activities and I know it's different if we're in person and if we're remote and online so I don't know if we want to focus on one or the other or just kind of. Well, I think one, well, no, when you're planning, right, when you're planning some community building type activities, I think you have to take into account all of these things along with anxiety too, because there are some kids who are not going to, um, who are not going to want to participate because they're naturally shy, right? Mm-hmm. And they're not the risk takers and that's just their personality. But then you have others who are naturally outgoing, but then they get in the language class and they clam up, right? And so yeah. that's kind of the situational anxiety. And so you, you've got to think about, and honestly, I, I don't know that there's that much you can do if a person is naturally shy to try and drag it out of them. You don't want to cause them more anxiety. But I think people who are naturally outgoing, once they realize that you am, you know, are not going to judge them for making mistakes and whatnot, I think that goes a long way. So I think one of the first things you need to do are some getting to know you activities, what you know, some people call icebreakers, right? Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, what, what kind of things do you, what kind of icebreakers do you do? You know, that one is kind of funny because I, I have a, I have a love hate relationship with the icebreakers and some of it comes from like talking with my kids, my own personal kids, not my classroom kids. And like them going, you know, I am so tired. Every class does two truth and a lie (laughs) or tell us about yourself. And you have to listen to this and that and whatever. And who really cares? And it's meaningless. And then I know on Twitter, there was a whole long thread one day of somebody who had gone to some professional development and they were like, oh my God, we had to do that meaningless icebreakers and I kind of hate them and I I see it Um, so I try to make some that are a little bit different so first of all it catches it catches their attention a little bit better so one that I like to do and 
with a beginner French class, I might do it in English just because they obviously don't have the language. But I like to do the one that um, we had gotten from Teachers Pay Teachers, um, that PowerPoint that was um, blobs and lines. Is yes. it blobs? Mm-hmm. And um, that one is pretty good because you have them that forces them to kind of talk. Yes. Because it's like, oh, well, get in line in alphabetical order of your first names. Mm-hmm. And it kind of pushes them to talk. And it's funny because you get to see the, the, the leaders, the one the more outspoken ones. Right. Um, or get in groups of your favorite music. Like, mm-hmm. you know, go around and ask people and then determine what blob you're going to be in. Whether you're in the classical music, whether you're in the mixed groups, I don't necessarily have anything. I'm country, I'm whatever. And it's okay if you end up by yourself. Yeah. You know, if that's all you listen and whatnot. So I like to do that one because I think it's a little bit more meaningful. Yes. They're exchanging information. And it's a little more fun. Yeah. Well, it's a little bit more fun. Oh, I remember when, um, is that, that, yes, the first um, weekend immersion I went to with you um, because I was going, you know, that's the first one as the French expert or French native speaker and somebody else was in charge and they had the thing was like oh you have to get you had the roll of toilet tissue Mm. going around yeah you have to get some get as much as you want to and then however many squares they had that was how many facts they had to say about themselves Mm -hmm. and that was so pointless because some of them knew so they would just get one square exactly exactly and then you know and then you're like well i don't know i don't know what's interesting about me um, but I like the one where, that we did, especially with a smaller group where it's like, okay, introduce yourself, use the first sound from your name mm-hmm. and decide something that you like. And then the next person had to add because it became a group activity with people helping the others. Yes. So give an example. So it would be, okay, my name is Sandrine. I like snow. Mm-hmm. All right. So then it's your turn. So then I would say her name is Sandrine and she likes snow. My name is Krista and I like kangaroos. Right. And you use the K, but you could use, you could have said, I like, uh, what's something that starts with a C? Coffee. Coffee. Yeah. But I was thinking alphabet. Yeah. Yeah. Because it's the sound. Right. Right. So then it keeps going. Then we have the next person. Her name is Sandrine and she likes snow. Her name is Krista and she likes coffee. Mm-hmm. My name is blah, blah, blah. And I like blah, blah, blah. Right. Right. Exactly. And so, exactly. And, and you don't go in an order either. You don't, because then people practice it and then they don't pay attention. Right. So then too, the person who just spoke is the one who picks the next person. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. so it's not in the teacher's hands right it becomes a little bit more an individual thing so then they just point and then everybody helps and I think knowing people's names helps build a community because if you know the names right uh, absolutely and you know and that's one of the things there are some pointers out there on you know what icebreakers should and should not be and one of the things that icebreakers should do is help students learn each other's names mm-hmm. exactly because it, you, that's where it starts you've got to be able to call people by name right. um, it, you need to make sure that everyone talks mm-hmm. and that it involves sharing some personal information but not too personal i mean right you know, 
like I like coffee. I mean, everybody knows that I really like coffee. <laughs> well, and see one other that I have used because that one doesn't necessarily um, use language and I've used it in person class and on remote because mm -hmm. I was using the answer pad, which now you can use. There are other programs that can be used, but students mm -hmm. would use it from their phones. So then I could put it on the board and show it right. um, without their names because I always hide the names. But it's like draw something that represents you. Yes. And I do mine. I'm like something that if somebody looked at, they would be like, oh, this is so Krista. So yeah. mine, my example was I have an elephant and a French flag. Yes. Because Absolutely. elephants are a big part. I mean, I have an elephant collection, mm -hmm. which interestingly, Chris already had some elephants as well. So that's kind of a funny thing. And so we've, we've added and we've built our elephant collection. And then Alabama, the mascot is the elephant and uh, French because I'm French and that's a very, very big part of me, right? Right. So anybody looking at you, looking at it, you're not surprised. Right. Right. Mm -hmm. And then on yours, I don't know. Let's see. If I were to guess yours, I would say an elephant holding a cup of coffee, <laughs> getting on a plane because you like to travel. Yeah. An elephant with a cup of coffee traveling. It's my family. <laughs> with your family, with this pack of elephants. Yeah, That's right, my elephant pack. So, you know, and that would be it. And then I, sometimes I ask them and I'm like, oh, okay, there's that. And you can, you can very quickly see if they want to talk about it or if they don't really want to talk about it. Mm -hmm. But it gives them a quiet minute to think about what's important to them. Yes. and to share what they want people to know about them. Right, absolutely. And you know, the thing is you can do, you can do various formats. You can do large class, like mm -hmm. we've been talking about, or you can do small group, or you can do mm -hmm. pair. And you know, again, that's sometimes what's fun too, is like you can put signs up in the four corners of your room, um, or if you're online, of course you have to modify that, about, you know, what's your favorite season? Mm -hmm. And so then they go divide themselves up by their season and talk about why, right? Why is it their favorite season? You know, just different things like that. So you want them to be moving around, um, you know, working together. I think one time we even had them, didn't they have to get in groups according to their shoes? Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, it's not in group. Yes. Well, there, there's two. It's from that PowerPoint. Yeah. There's two different ones. One is getting groups according to your shoes. Mm -hmm. And one is a lineup according to your shoe size. Yeah, that's what it was. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And that's always fun. And then, um, you know, you can even use um, some of the brain breaks mm -hmm. as icebreakers. Yes. Quite frankly. Yes. So everybody's talking about the brain breaks. But I mean, I'm thinking about, you know, the rock, paper, scissors. I mean, mm -hmm. how fun would that be? That's exactly what popped up in my mind, the rock, paper, scissor, yeah. or the one um, that we do. It's funny because I think of the Spanish one before I think of the French one, but the Valley of Alley. Yeah, exactly. Because mm -hmm. they have to do, and I mean, you could find one that's in English or whatever, you know, whatever you want to use, but that one is pretty simple. Even a, a Spanish 101 could do it. Or I had the, I have to look back to see what the French version was that I had adapted Right. But um, allons, allons, oui, oui, that's what it was. Allons, allons, oui, oui, allons, allons, non, non, allons, oui, allons, non, allons, allons, oui, non. Yeah. yeah. Well, you know, and that's the thing, you've got to incorporate fun 
I mean, your icebreakers, and, and this is like you were saying, your your kids were complaining, oh, this is so cheesy, three, two truths and a lie, or this, that, or the other. And I think some of it, too, you know, is going to depend on the level, because there are some, like, middle school students who may really love the whole mm-hmm. two truths and a lie, or whatever. So I think it's going to depend, again, on your level. When you get to college, you know, maybe not so much. Um but you certainly don't just want to have everybody go around and be like, well, I'm so-and-so and I'm from here. And I mean, ugh, how dull, you know? Yeah. Well, I mean, dull. listening to everything. Oh, I'm from wherever. Cause you can do that one in college, in high school, pretty much everybody's from the same place. Right. But, exactly. Yeah, I'm Sandrine. Originally I'm from France and I'm studying. I'm, I'm on my BA. I'm doing right. interdisciplinary studies and I'm not telling you my age cause it's none of your, effing business because i'm older than you because i'm coming back i mean you know there's some stuff that is embarrassing for people to say right 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 and so you want it to be fun but that's true so you know that's one thing is that icebreakers shouldn't put people on the spot it shouldn't be embarrassing and it shouldn't disclose too much personal information Mm -hmm. Um, but one thing i like to do is i put them in in circles so you have an inside circle and Mm -hmm. an outside circle and they face each other yes and you give them random questions you know like Mm -hmm. so do you have any pets you know what did you have for breakfast what did you have for breakfast um what was the last movie you saw did you Mm -hmm. like it you know those Uh, kinds of netflix or hulu (laughs) exactly i mean you know um, and you can even do stuff like that. Okay, if you like Netflix, go to this side, Hulu, go to that side. Okay, figure out your argument for which one is best and why. And then mm-hmm. they can, you know, debate that. And, and so I think those a lot of those kinds of things are, um, are um, you know, you can do them in the target language or in English. Um, I have come under some criticism. I'm not gonna lie. I've come under some criticism in my 101 classes, um, not from students, but from colleagues, because it's like, you're supposed to use 90% target language. And yes, we are. But if you build this sense of community, those first couple of classes, and they've gotten to know each other in English, you're actually going to gain more instructional time Mm -hmm. later on. And you're going to, I feel like, make more progress later on, because they're not going to be afraid to take those risks. They're not going to be afraid to make a mistake. And it's just, I think it's, it's, it's absolutely worth the time. And, you know, I think one activity that has served me well to start with that building community is our proficiency unit and talking with them about proficiency, learning language, what's going to be done in the class, having them have those conversations. Mm -hmm. Um, because you start those conversations and you know you're asking them questions and they're like I don't know I don't know it's like well there's not necessarily a a a good answer Mm -hmm. or there is not a bad answer right Right. take a chance and they see it being encouraged and that happens right but what I was going to say on the community building it's something that happens over time yes through every encounter we have in the classroom yes it also happens outside of the classroom. Mm-hmm. And um, I do think if they encounter a challenge, they have to come together. And yes. that is the best community building you can have. 
Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. And you know, that's something else too. I've seen a lot of websites and a lot of things um, talk about, you know, uh, in terms of community building that you need to start with respect as well. Mm -hmm. Um, and I think that that's something that's got to come from the teacher at the very beginning, you know, I'm going to respect you Mm -hmm. and I, and you need to respect me and your classmates. You need to understand that your perspective is one perspective. And you need to respect the the opinions and perspectives and beliefs of others. You need to respect the cultural ideas that we're going to be talking about in our class. And so, honestly, it it all, all of you you do need to do some of these community building activities, some of these icebreaker, if you will, um, kind of activities. But at the same time, it's going to come down to respect. Mm-hmm. You have to treat your students with respect and treat them as human beings. Um, you know, not that you are the be all end all, right. but that you're a real person. And um, so, and I think if you treat them with respect, hopefully they're going to treat you with respect. There is that. I'm also very honest with my students and sometimes yes. maybe too honest, but, um, and I know when I was at the high school, that was one thing, especially with my 101 class or my French one class, which was an interesting class because I only had boys in that class. <laughs> it doesn't happen that often in French, at least. Um, but they would come up to me and because, you know, obviously over the course of weeks, we had discussed various stuff, but I would ask them questions and I would say, hey, uh, there was one thing that happened with Snapchat with some group that had been made and it involved various schools around and they were doing inappropriate things with the younger students or whatnot. And I asked them and I said, hey, I just heard something about this or inappropriate messages. And I said, "Um, what do y'all know about it? They spilled the tea. (laughs) They told me everything and more that I needed to know about it. Mm -hmm. I'm probably the only teacher who was able to ask them that question in that school. Right. Because every once in a while, we would shoot the breeze. We didn't do French. We would talk about other stuff. So what did that conversation go to? I was telling them, I was like, oh, well, you know, you got to be careful because, yes, it disappears with Snapchat, but it doesn't fully disappear. Did you all hear about this story? Mm -hmm. And, oh, let me tell you about this that has happened to either me or somebody that I know or whatever. So it was being very honest. Right. Just like in the language, they'll ask me a question and I'm like, I don't know. Right. Exactly. So, yes. So you've got to, you've got to start with respect and honesty. And, you know, I think about um, when, you know, Emma came home at the beginning of the school, well, we just went over class rules and, you know, Mm -hmm. you look at the list of rules and you're like, Mm -hmm. and I would personally love to see somebody send home a list of rules that say, I will respect my teachers, myself and my classmates. I will, you know, I will communicate with my teacher when I need help. I will, um, you know, collaborate with my classmates and help when I can. I will take risks by participating in class. I mean, I would love to see a contract that had all of those kinds of things in it rather than, you know, the typical rules. I mean, Mm -hmm. can you imagine seeing that? I will respect, I will collaborate, I will take risks, I will communicate. Wow, what a great list of, you know, 
what a great contract, what a great list of rules. Um, I think that would be fabulous. I would love to see my child come home with something like that. Yes, but that means we are in that part of that contract. That's, yes, absolutely. Whatever we're expecting from our students, we have to abide by it. No, absolutely. And so, I mean, you know, I, I, I think that would be awesome. You know, in, you know, I, as the teacher will treat you with respect and this and honor mm-hmm. your risk taking and, you know, all that kind of stuff as the teacher, as the student, this is what I expect of you. I mean, that would be fantastic for mm-hmm. me. Um, you know, uh, I take responsibility for preparing an engaging you know, lesson that incorporates all of the skills that you will need, blah, blah, blah. And you as the student take responsibility for arriving in class with all of your materials and participating. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, I think that it to me would be much more powerful than homework is due here and this is due here. And, you know, just, I don't know, all those right. arbitrary And honestly, in all of those rules, all of those day one stuff, what is different from one class to the other? I know. Right? Yeah. So the students expect that already. Yeah. And they tune them what you're going to do. Get them excited. Yeah. And so they, they tune, they tune them out. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yeah, exactly. And you know, that's the thing too, when I, like I said, when I, some, some of my colleagues in the past, not my current ones, but in, you know, past colleagues have criticized me about you're using English. And it's like, well, you know, I didn't, the first 20 minutes of class, we did, you know, what's your name and nice Mm -hmm. to meet you and all of that. But then we went into some English to build some community and to talk about proficiency and, you know, all of that. Um, But yeah, when it's 102 and 201, I mean, the, the wonderful thing, honestly, about the sound, the name sound, if you think about it, is using, especially in Spanish, gustar, all right? So, me llamo Crista, me gusta el café. Ella se llama Sandrine. A ella le gusta. I mean, you're getting to practice, you know, saying that because gustar sometimes is one of those things that everybody forgets the construction Mm -hmm. of it and so you're practicing that over and over while you're getting to know your classmates and when you're doing that in you know 102 or level two or whatever so Mm -hmm. you absolutely can do that and and, and get to know repetition right there right exactly but one other thing i was saying was that it also happens outside of class and i realize when i say that that anything that is not I mean in high school it can also get tricky Mm -hmm. it's a little bit easier in college but group me yes or any of those help build the community Mm -hmm. as long as the people who are creating it who are moderating it are being um are being uh, respectful right and not allowing any kind of bullying or whatever but I can see um, like with Benjamin being in college, where his he has a very strong community. Mm-hmm. Some people he's never met in person. Right. But because they have a group me, of course, it's kind of funny because they have various layers of their group me. Yeah. <laughs> so they come from various classes where they're building that. So people can ask questions. And then it's kind of morphed into, you know, where the, you've got newer 
um, engineering students that are incorporated to that so they can ask questions and be like, hey, I'm doing this class. Can somebody help? You mm -hmm. know, what feedback do you have about this? You know, and, and they're able to help one another. And it happens because there is a challenge that they're trying to overcome and they're coming as a group together mm -hmm. to do it. Mm -hmm. um, I know with my 101s at UAB this semester, you know, they have the partners, they have to find their partners so they can do some of the recording activities. Mm -hmm. I know you nixed that in, in Spanish, but I've kept that. It was in there. And I was like, you know what? We'll see what happens with that. See, it was a disaster for me last semester in French too. Well, I won't say it's a disaster because they went through the conversations, you know, the way it's set up, the way you have it set up where you had, they had to go to the discussion board and introduce themselves. And then other people were greeting them and it didn't necessarily go any further than that, but it gave them a little bit of an idea as to who they were dealing with. But from there, I was like, well, make sure you're, as you're looking at it, who you'd like to be partner with and contact mm -hmm. this person. Mm -hmm. um, and then I had a message one day from one girl who registered late. She was right at the edge of the ad drop. Mm -hmm. And she said, I don't have a partner. I don't know who to ask. Everybody's partnered up. I'm kind of out cold. And we have an odd number of students. And I said, okay, hold on. So I sent a message to everybody through Remind and I was like, hey, so-and-so doesn't have a partner. We're going to have to have a group of three because we have an odd number. Anybody would like to partner with her or who maybe isn't partner and we didn't realize that you're not partnered. Within minutes, I had two or three students messaging me back going, hey, she could be in my group. Hey, I don't have a partner. And I said, contact her, let her pick. And so she had, she had somebody. Well, you know, that, and see, that's good, except for me, we, we tried that. I had the same setup, obviously, mm -hmm. and I wound up having to do, um, to do those activities with a student because he couldn't ever get anybody to yeah. respond. And when, by the end of the semester, only eight out of the 17 were even completing those assignments. Yeah. So we'll see how it boils back to it. But um, yesterday I had another message from another one and I was like, oh, there we go. Because she said, hey, my partner never came, got back to me. Yes. And I looked at it. It's like, I'm not saying a partner for you. Who is your partner? So she told me. And then I went to the roster and I'm like, oh, he dropped. See? <laughs> That, that was a nightmare too. That he's was not, old. he's not there anymore. So I did a little email yesterday to everybody and I said, okay, some of you have not made your groups official. So either you need to go and make it official or you need to let me know so I can make it official. Yeah. And, um, the rest of you, I'm giving you till Wednesday. If it's not done by Wednesday, I'm assigning you somebody and go from there. Mm-hmm. So I think what's going to happen there is the people who are very motivated, they're going to do it because that girl yesterday, she told me, she said, I missed a deadline because he didn't get back to me. And I don't want to miss any other deadline because at first I asked her, I said, well, do you want to keep the same partner or do you want another one? Because I'm not seeing him in your group. And she said, another one, I'm not missing another assignment because somebody's not answering. Right. And see, that was always the problem, which is why I went to talk abroad, because if they miss it, it's their own fault. Right. <laughs> Right. But so I, and yesterday in the message, I told them, I said, you know, those are important. You don't want the one who's responsible for somebody getting a bad grade because you didn't do it. Right. 
right so we'll and see so, we'll see how and, that happens but see that goes again back to the whole idea of community building so mm -hmm. in my online classes we are doing more discussion board posts um you know and my students and and the the my colleagues have all seemed to to like the discussion board and how it's helping to build community so you know like in my 201 we're doing like the prices right where they um do a short little video of a house that they're trying to sell and so you go and watch the video and they guess the price of the house and then you go back and tell them if they're right or wrong so i'm trying to do some you know fun things like that with them um or like donde in el mundo and so they post pictures where do you think i'm going on my vacation because chapter nine is all about vacations right. and so we're trying to build that community it's also a space where they can take risks because we're not going to criticize you know um if they make mistakes or not mm -hmm. so i think those kinds of things you can do as well online not just in face-to-face -face classes but if you have an asynchronous online class other things that you can do really just quickly to to kind of sum things up you can do all of those activities but you also want to make sure that um you know whatever you're doing is relevant and meaningful right to the students um because if it's not i mean they will see right through you and go mm -hmm. this is so lame my teacher is so lame or it's whatever. busy work yes you see it as that it's busy work it's not meaningful why bother exactly exactly so you know while you do have some of those community building um activities that you want to do again i think i mean i personally as a parent would like to see the classroom rules of respect collaboration responsibility those kinds of things that i think that would go a long way towards um you know the building the kind of classroom community um, that you really want. And, you know, when we can go back in person and actually get close to one another, I was looking, Edutopia has a very good um, article on 10 powerful community building IDs. Mm -hmm. And they yeah. have some for all levels, the elementary school and whatnot. And some could be done very easily online because it's like shout outs. Yes. You know, so mm -hmm. at any point, you know, want everybody who's got a shout out, you know, yes. and so somebody can point out something uh, friendly Fridays where somebody they'll write something anonymous to their classroom, you know, positive using positive self talk that can it can go well or it can be like, oh, my gosh, I have to make something up about this person and it's annoying. Um, yeah, that's true. They can know, backfire. It's going to depend, right? Well, then you be, you come back to, you know, the whole joke about the discussion boards. I saw somebody who um, shared the other day about there is nobody like a college student to agree to others' um, messages. And it was showing an example like, I love whatever, whatever. Oh, I love that you love this. Oh, I, I know, love right? how you, <laughs> right? Um, so it was illustrating that, which was kind of funny. Um, and then you have some which um, 
like I was thinking how we do because it uh, enforces communication, but we've done it at Wild and you could do it in a real class. Um, the knot, you know, where you have them stand in a circle. Oh, right. Mm -hmm. And everybody um, puts their right hand in the circle and grabs a random hand and then does the same with the with the left hand. And then they have to communicate to untangle themselves until they have a circle with no arms yeah. crossed. Um, that one can, I mean, it can go forever or whatnot. So you, you're going to have those, um, which, because some of the ones they have, like they have a rose and a thorn, like, you know, start a class, teachers and students take turns sharing one rose, which is something positive, one thorn, something See, negative. I just think those are so cheesy. I just. Yeah. Well, yeah, I do think at some point, cause you're like having to do it over and over and over again. And it makes me think to new year's wishes yeah i despise doing new year's wishes happy new year and there's a very good reason for it every year from the time i was a kid with my parents happy new year so what do you wish for me hell if i know i'm five right? <laughs> um and then, uh, and I'm, but that kept up. And I remember being a kid and going, I don't know, well, I wish you health and, uh, oh, yeah. that people would be nice to you at work. Cause I know my mom would talk about some people who were, you know, annoying at work and causing problems mm -hmm. and whatnot. But I was like, I don't know, I'm pulling at threads here, trying to get something. And then they would do the same to us, right? And be like, oh, well, I wish you, so I wish you good health and good grades in school and this and that. And it went forever. And I was like, oh, this is so pointless. Yeah. And yeah. so I've learned to completely hate it. And so when I think of those activities, it makes me think of that. And it's like, well, see, I mean, to me, okay. So like a rose and a thorn, I mean, I don't know. I'm just like, what you really want is a positive and a negative. So mm -hmm. why don't you just say positive and negative? I mean, true, I, you know, but that's just me. True. Uh, yeah. But I mean, I guess that's what our small victory is. We, we're looking for a positive. Yeah, there we go. There we but, go. So, and why focus on the negative? Yeah. Unless it's a group to discuss something and go, okay, it seems like some of you are struggling. Tell us where you're struggling. Let's come together to see how we can help. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Um, you know, non-judgment, whatever, and move with that. So, so you, yeah, look, you guys, if you have some community building activities that are just fabulous that your students um, like, please drop us a line uh, at stepintomondays at gmail.com. You can hit us up on Facebook or Twitter um, you know, we would really love to hear what you guys do to build community in your classrooms. And also, um, if you have asynchronous classes or if you don't see your students as much with COVID situation, whatnot, what have you done that has really been positive to build that community? Absolutely. Absolutely. So are we ready to do our aha moments now? I think so. All right. So you were listening to a podcast. I was. <laughs> Go ahead. It, it's been a while since I've said it. That's true. That's true. You know, so I was listening to a podcast, which I actually shared with you because yes. I was like, you have to listen to this one episode. Mm-hmm. 
And I even shared it with my daughter. I was like, you have to listen to that episode. And the podcast is called the Show Up Society Podcast. Mm -hmm. And the episode I was listening to was called Avoiding Burnout. Yes. And what I thought was interesting is that she never went into the, oh, you have to take a walk or you have to do yoga or, you know, do all that. But one thing she said, and I was like, ooh, yes, I need to take that and throw a challenge to our listeners. That's my aha moment that we are, I, not we, I, I'll take personal responsibility for that. I'm throwing a, ch a challenge to all of you listening to us to create your support group, your support network, mm -hmm. your inner community. Oh, geez. <laughs> but um, no, you didn't see it, but Krista rolled her eyes at me. <laughs> no, but create your support group. And with, and you know, and she was talking about it. So go listen to it if you want to see more what she was talking about. But, and it's not necessarily other teachers like you. It's not necessarily teachers in your school. Mm -hmm. um, and it can, it's not, it can be somebody across the United States, across the world. Find your little group and it can be two or three people. Or even just one. Or even just one. And check in regularly with that person. It's not just the, oh yeah, this is my person. And once every six months we'll chat. Have a regular check-in. It can be something via text message. It doesn't have to be big. And it can be, hey, this week I want to do this. And then checking it and going, so how much of this did you do? Did you actually get that part done? It can be, who I'm struggling. This is so rough. Okay, let's hop on the phone and have a conversation so we can see and maybe with experience. I can, you know, support you, give you something. Mm -hmm. um, so I thought that was because you and I, we do that, mm -hmm. right? And we have our moments where we, we have, we might have several days where we don't message. And it's like, at every time I think either mm, she's not doing super well and I need to check in on her or I'm like, she's busy and I need to leave her alone. <laughs> Like last week, you knew I had Sterling. So it's like, there's no point. <laughs> right. But so there's the stuff. But then there's like a quick message going, hey, did you see this? And hey, have you, you know, and, and it, it's not just about school, just about that. Because sometimes we'll message and we'll chat about something else. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Right? When yeah. football was still going on, our Saturdays, we would send a message. It was like, hey, roll tide, roll tide. And then we have something about the game. Right. I mean, yeah. We were just checking in going, oh my gosh, I need to stop looking at my Fitbit and my pulse because it's so freaking high. <laughs> yeah, exactly. exactly. Right. So definitely I challenge you, create your own support group. And if you need to go listen to that episode, I'll give them the shout out. I'll give her the shout out. Um, I've only been listening to it for a few weeks I just recently discovered it and this is by far my favorite episode and it's super short or it felt very short yeah it was like 17 18 minutes mm -hmm. yeah that's what I'm thinking her other ones were like an hour but this one is very much to the point mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um so I thought that was that was quite helpful but having that support group it helps somebody to encourage you oh there is you know 
such and such group is looking for proposals. I'm thinking potentially, but I don't know, you know, and maybe the person can be talking you through it like a sounding board. Yeah. So I, you know, I've had a couple and I was trying to decide which one to go with, but I think going kind of, well, you know, I don't know. One of them. So last week I had to keep my grandson. um, He's two. And I had him all day on Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday, and because uh, he couldn't go to his regular uh, babysitter, and um, I got nothing done, and I was exhausted. Okay, I mean, when when my son came to pick him up, I would just sit on the couch. My husband would come home, and I mean, I was like a zombie, right? And I just, you know back when the lockdown happened, you know, last March, and then even into the fall, and you would see these parents on Twitter with the kids hanging off of them while they're trying to teach. I mean, I saw that and I thought, man, I can't imagine it. And then having Sterling last week, and I adore him, I absolutely adore him. But I was like, oh my gosh, if I had to be online all day, teaching high school kids, there's just no way. Mm -hmm. And so kind of my aha moment was these teachers, I mean, I knew you guys were amazing, but it drove the point home even more because I could barely answer an email. Mm -hmm. Now I realized that you guys are a little bit younger than me. I mean, I am a grandma now. But <laughs> you're a very young grandma. Stop I that. Am. We're the same age. It's <laughs> just like, holy cow. And, you know, I know people have been giving shout outs to teachers. Oh, wow. You know, well, some have been giving shout outs and others not. But man, if anybody deserves a shout out, it is these poor teachers who are at home with kids crawling all over them. And they're on Zoom trying to teach because mm-hmm. I just, it really last week, it drove home to me how amazing they were because like I said, I barely got my emails answered when he took a nap. Yeah. You know, and so my- well, our listeners got a little window in that where we have, because Sterling came in oh, while we were recording right. the episode. So he made a cameo appearance with in the, in the episode and I left him in because- Right. Well, and so, you know, part of it that that would be, I mean, he would have to be a part of all of my classes. I mean, Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know, it was just like, wow, I, I, and so that, I mean, I knew it, but it really drove it home and made it more real. You know what I mean? Because until you actually go through it, that's like somebody can tell you how much your life is going to change when you have a baby, but you don't believe it until you Mm -hmm. actually have a baby. So you can see all of these things on Twitter and you can have teachers tell you, but until you actually have to do it, you're like, oh my, I mean, you don't get it. You absolutely don't get it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. No, that is very true. So insert applause all of our teachers <laughs> right, you need to find an applause track <laughs> well, I was thinking about it and I was like hmm do I want to do that or not will that be too cheesy yeah maybe. no I don't think so because they so deserve it all right so I will make a note that I need to found find applause yes 
because they deserve it. Ooh. Well, is there anything else we need to add? I've had a bird tweeting, so I apologize if she's been piercing, but she's been tweeting when I'm talking, so I can't cut her out in the editing. It's all right. No, I think, I mean, I think we've kind of covered, I mean, there's probably so much more we could have said, but yeah, yeah. there always is. Um, so as we're wrapping up, I will remind everybody that um, this is episode 48 and episode 50 is a question and answer episode. So guess what? We need you. We need you to send questions because otherwise we're going to stare at each other. That'll make for a very boring episode with us looking <laughs> at each other and going, well, what do you got? Well, I didn't see any question. Well, neither did I. Well, so what do we do? Do we just look at each other? Well, let's chat about the weather. Um, that's not what you signed up for. So send us questions, things that you'd like for us to discuss. Um, you know, it can be very specific question as in, Hey, I'm teaching this. Do you have any suggestions as to activities I could do? Or, Hey, I've ran into these issues. Do you have any, any ideas? Um, or it can be, Hey, you guys talked about this in an episode and here's what I do. And we can share it with our listeners. I mean, yes that too that too and I was going to say we don't we like to pretend but we don't have all the answers oh no not by <laughs> a long shot so <laughs> talking about honesty but we will find answers we'll give our opinion and there is power in group and then collaboration and, and collaboration so all together we can potentially come up with something or maybe as we're going you know, exploring and go, well, I don't know, potentially this, but that or whatnot, it might spark something for you that will put you in the right, in the right place. Exactly. So we need you to share those. So send them via email, stepintomondays at gmail.com. Send them, uh, you can DM us on Facebook or on Twitter. The Twitter handle is at into Mondays. Facebook, you find us at step into Mondays. You can also call us and leave us a message. And that number is 205-440-2889. And that goes straight into a voicemail. So you don't actually reach either one of us. So you can call it at midnight, one o'clock in the morning, whenever you want to. And then we'll know we have a voicemail and we can you know, either play it on the show, that way we don't have to repeat your question. Or if you don't want your voice to be on there, we can paraphrase it and, um, and have it. So no excuses. You have plenty of ways to reach out to us. Um, tell your colleagues, tell your language teacher friends, um, and say, hey, these two ladies need questions. What do you got? Absolutely. So... All right, we covered it all, right? We did, we did. So I am going to say hasta lunes. Alandi. You didn't do the Chinese. I don't know how to say it. And I didn't want to butcher it. <laughs> <laughs>